church. It is so nice to see you guys here this early. <laughs> it's been a while, but we are back to our two-service schedule, so welcome to our first service. And looking out in the crowd, I'm just going to put it out there, the best service. Don't tell the second service that. I will tell them similar things in about an hour and a half. <laughs> At this time, we are going to do a meet and greet, so I would like everybody who just got comfortable to stand up and go talk to somebody, welcome them to church, and thank them for being here. Resting in Jesus, leaning on the Lord, with the wind beneath the wings of your spirit I will soar, all the chains that held me once are gone, lifted by your love I've been reborn, resting in Jesus, leaning on the It doesn't matter what the people say Cause I'm resting in Jesus Come whatever, come what may I'm leaning on the Lord He won't let me fall away Cause I'm resting in Jesus Till He takes me home to stay He'll be leaning on the Lord Resting in and or greeted, uh, that is what the time between services is for. So, after service, we encourage you to continue meeting and greeting, but at this time, we are going to bring down some children and Miss Melody. So, all of our children, please come on down. Miss Melody, come on down. Good morning. How are you? We are finishing our series on superheroes, action figures, and I wanted to give equal time to Wonder Woman. Do you know about her? I understand that she also helps people. And Andrea Michelle is going to help me this morning, and she looks kind of like this action figure. Good morning, Michelle, Andrea. Okay, kids, listen up close. In the Bible, there is a real action figure, a real 
Wonder Woman. Listen and see if you can guess who she is. She was an orphan girl who grew up to be at the right place at the right time. And her cousin, Mordecai, raised her as his own daughter. There is a book in the Old Testament with her name. Kids, do you know who this lady is? Okay, it's Esther. And Esther, we're going to hear about her, and Andrea is portraying Esther this morning. Who are your people, Esther? The Jews living in the kingdom of King Xerxes. And can you tell us what happened to his queen, Vashti? The king removed her when she did not what, what she did not do what he asked her to do. She was no longer the queen. Ooh, we know then that King Xerxes looked over his whole kingdom for a new queen, and he chose you, Esther, as the queen. on the Wonder Woman crown and the Queen Esther crown. Wow, she's pretty sparkly, isn't she? Esther, is it true that your cousin Mordecai told you not to speak about being a Jew because there were people in the kingdom who hated Jews and they could kill you? Yes, that is correct. Oh, that's a little bit scary to keep that kind of a secret. The most important advisor to the king was Haman, and he found out that Mordecai, your cousin, was a Jew, and Haman plotted to kill your cousin and all the Jews throughout the vast kingdom. Mordecai asked you to go to the king and beg for mercy and plead with him for your people. Esther, what did you do? First, I asked all of my people, the Jews living in the city, to fast and pray with me for three days, and asked God to help me. Then I said, if I die, I die. Wow. We know, Esther, that you were bold and brave and went to the king to save your people. You went right into his throne room without being summoned, and we know that was against the law, and you could have been killed, but you were brave and bold. And when you were there in the throne room, the king put forward his golden scepter that meant come forward. And we know that it took a few days, but you were able to help the king realize the evil plan of Haman and to save your people from being killed. It all happened because of your boldness. Esther, you are a true wonder woman of action. Thank you, Esther. You know, this month, if you look on your calendar, on some of our calendars, you'll see this word Purim. And it is a special day. It is a special day that Jews around the world for all generations celebrate and remember the time that God delivered them from being killed. 
And because of Esther's boldness, they celebrate. And it's a time of joy. And they have parties, and they have food, and they exchange gifts. And they remember how God is in control and protects his people. Both Esther and Mordecai worked for the good of their people. That's what action figures do. We can ask God to help us to be bold and brave, and we can work for him. We can be thankful that God is our deliverer. Okay, living, action, figure girls on the front row, you can go be seated. Thank you. Was that it? Give her another hand. That was awesome. <laughs> that's, that's more like it. I saw Andrea with a, the Wonder Woman crown after the meet and greet, and I thought, don't say anything. She probably doesn't know that she looks like Wonder Woman right now. <laughs> so I'm glad that uh, I wasn't just thinking rude thoughts. <laughs> All right, so before we get started, we have a couple announcements. We have welcome cards in the pews. Uh, if you are new to us, if you want to get more involved, if you have prayer requests, please fill them out. You can drop them in the box at the back of the sanctuary uh, so that we can kind of bring you a little bit more into our fold. And then we need to start collecting Easter candy again. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are clapping for Easter or candy, but I love them both, so <laughs> clap on. Uh, so please bring in individually wrapped candy and uh, place it in the basket in the foyer. Uh, if you bring the big candies, you can take them directly to Amanda's in my car, and we will take care of those for you, or I will. All right, Song and Word Thursday Night Bible Worship and Bible Studies are starting March 10th. Miss Melody encouraged you guys to look at your calendar. I will do that again. That is this Thursday. So come on down uh, and join us for our Thursday night. There will be a meeting for everybody who is teaching at the Bible study and Song and Word uh, on March 10th at 5. So if you are teaching a class, please come early uh, and we will have a meeting there. So we have a Latino Bible study on New Life taught by Pastor Pepe. I looked for him and I didn't see him, but clap for Pastor Pepe. There we go. <laughs> we have a Life in the Spirit Run the Race taught by Barb West. We're getting the hang of it. I like it. We have a men's Bible study on Romans taught by Don Libby. We have a women's Bible study on Romans taught by Marsha Cromie and Joan Cole. And we also have youth group, kids Bible quizzing, and Jeannie Adams will be teaching in the nursery. Yeah, that's three claps because that's three classes. We have a, a joy potluck on March 13th after the second service in the gym. So please bring your favorite dish to, I mean, you guys know how potlucks work, right? So bring a dish, <laughs> share it with people. Women's Aspire is March 18th at 7 p.m. Yeah, that's right. If you missed the video last week, just go to our YouTube. You'll see the video. It looks like an awesome event. Uh, that will be at 7 p.m., $20 for general admission, $30 for VIP. The tickets are on sale. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, the tickets are on sale in the foyer. I was halfway through in my head making the foyer foyer joke that I like to make and just biffed the rest of the pronunciations. <laughs> All right, March 19th, we are going to go to the Discovery Museum at 12 p.m. 
And by we, I mean the entire children's department and youth group. Anybody who is interested in that, the tickets are $8 per person and are on sale at the children's check-in counter. So if you are uh, under 18 or you are a parent of somebody under 18 and you want to bring them, uh, go grab a ticket and we will see you at the Discovery Museum. At this time, we are going to enter into our time of uh, giving with our tithing and our uh, musical worship. So if we could uh, just give you guys all a thank you for everybody who has been uh, faithful in your tithes and offerings. We have three ways to do it here. You can drop it off in person in the box at the back of the sanctuary. You can give it online through our website or you can mail it to us. And if I could have everybody bow their heads as we enter our time of prayer. Lord, we want to thank you for the gift of life that we have and recognize that every positive thing that is in our life comes from you. And so we'd want to give back to you through our tithes and offerings, through our singing here as a way of worshiping and loving you and showing our dedication. We ask that you take these offerings, that you bless them and multiply them as only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet, church. Good morning. How um, do you know, if you don't know this morning, I'm going to give you a little, um, little report. God is on the move. And I know that, um, one, because I'm, I'm out of bed this morning. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a morning person. Um, if you don't know that about me, uh, morning is not my thing. I can stay up all night. I, I've never been a morning person. Um, I'll never, I won't start today. It's never going to happen. <clears throat> and so I was driving to church with Carlos, and I said, man, thank God for people who are just on the worship team who will get here at 7.45, 7.30 in the morning on a Sunday. Wow, thank God for morning people. I show up to the team, and I said, who here is a morning person? None of them raised their hand. None of the worship team raised their hand. And I was like, God, you really are on the move. Because no one here is a morning person on this team, and yet they're here before everybody. Some call that crazy. I'm going to call it worship. Amen. And who's ready to worship with this team? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sing. Let's sing out. By the way, uh, just, just so I want, who, who, out in the crowd, who is a morning person out here? Amen. Hit the altar this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's worship this morning. Ay, poder, poder, si me igual poder en Jesús que murió. Ay, poder, poder, si me igual poder en la sangre que I poder, poder, see me
power. There is power. Sing it out. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood. I pulled it, I pulled it. I pulled it. say what can wash away my sin gentlemen I need your help on this one so we're gonna say what can wash away my sin and the ladies are gonna sing nothing but the blood of Jesus then the men help me out you're gonna say what can make me whole again and the women nothing but the blood of Jesus and then all of us oh precious is the flow can we do that this morning all right gentlemen here we go what can wash away my sin nothing but the
nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole church, we can clap with me this morning. Who's ready to worship Jesus? Amen. Who's ready to trade their sorrows for some joy? Amen. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. 
us out, Hannah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen. Who's ready to say yes to Jesus this morning? Amen. Our heads this morning is bar praise. Amen. Yes, Lord, we thank and praise you for our freedom. Help us not to take that for granted, Lord. And Lord, this morning we would come on behalf of everyone over in the Ukraine who does not have that freedom right now. We pray for their strength. We pray for their courage. And Lord, we pray for your protective hand and your intervention to help them. Be with all of us here in the United States and around the world who have relatives there in that worn, torn country. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us all to have peace knowing that you are in control. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, and we plead it over everyone that is listening, whether it's here in person or watching over the internet. We pray that you would protect us and provide for us as well. Lord, thank you for these wonderful songs of praise, pleading your blood and praising your name. And we pray right now that as pastor brings the message that you've laid on his heart, every heart would hear from the Holy Spirit himself. Because we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen, church. Amen. I'm trading my sorrows. Let's sing that. I'm trading my sorrows this morning. I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness, yeah. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. God is speaking to hearts right now already. There's some things already the Spirit of the Lord is telling you what we need to do, what you need to do this morning. And I want to encourage you right now to say yes. 
Yes, God. And whatever you have for me this morning, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Some of us are pressed this morning. Some of us feel like we're being crushed. We're going to sing out this next verse. Sing with me. Oppressed but not crushed. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond the curse. For his promise will endure. And his joy is going to be my strength. Sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I've traded my sorrows. I've traded my sorrows. I've laid in the town. Jane, as the music's still playing, I want to just, I want to just, uh, I want to let you know, sister, mother, grandmother, friend, we're, we're here this morning and we, in honor, uh, we, we just lost our, our wonderful friend, husband, grandfather, and yet you're the only one clapping. When I sing this song, I'm thinking of Lauren in heaven right now, worshiping with his wife. Amen. <laughs> yes, Lord. I'm pressed, but not. I'm persecuted, but not. I'm struck down, but not destroyed. No, I'm blessed beyond the curse. sickness my stuff knows <laughs> yes I'm gonna trade this pain
this, Lord. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, church. Thank you, worship team. I so appreciate you, man. Hallelujah. Can we give our worship team a hand this morning? Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, good morning, church. Uh, welcome to Home Church of the Nazarene. If you're visiting with us, we want to say welcome. And those who are watching online, we want to say thank you for joining in this morning. I was hoping the church would say amen there, but it's okay. Um, amen. Hallelujah. I have a story that I want to share with you before I start. Um, it's a, one that caught my attention. Uh, there was a, a, a speaker who was going to be speaking, and he was in a hurry. I understand how that, I know what this is like. Uh, to, the, to the venue, uh, when he arrived, he sat down at the head of the table. He suddenly realized that he had forgotten his, his dentures. Uh, turning to the man next to him, he whispered, I forgot my teeth. The man said, no problem. With that, he reached into his briefcase and pulled out a pair of dentures. Try these, he said. The speaker tried them on. He said, too loose. He said, no worries. The man dug around in his briefcase again. Here, try these. The speaker tried them. He said, they're too tight. The man didn't seem uh, taken back at all. He dug around in his briefcase some more. Here, I have these. Give, try these right here. Give, give them a try. The speaker tried them with a big smile and full of joy. They fit perfectly. He ate his meal and gave his speech without any further troubles. After the event, the speaker went over to thank the gentleman who lent him the uh, dentures. I want to thank you for coming to my rescue. Where is your office, he said. I've been looking for a good dentist. The man said, oh, I'm not a dentist. The man replied, I am the local funeral director. <laughs> and you got to wonder, this man who uh, was so excited and happy and, and full of joy that he was able to eat and speak and uh, smile, uh, you got to wonder, did he still have that joy? You got to wonder, was he still, uh, what happened there in that moment, you know? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I want to read out of Acts chapter 8, if you want to turn there with me, Acts chapter 8, I'm going to give you a little bit, please turn there, brother, you don't have to put it on the screen yet, give it a sec, oh, I love that picture, by the way, isn't that beautiful, look at that, doesn't she do, doesn't Ricky do an amazing job, look at that, oh my goodness, okay, if you are ready, say Amen. By the way, God's going to speak to someone this morning. God is going to speak to someone this morning. Hallelujah. It says right here, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached what? Thank you, brother. Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and the lame were healed. And there was a great joy in the city. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man 
is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of who? Jesus Christ. Men and women were, were baptized. Then Simon also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. I want to begin talking about the battle for joy. The battle for joy. Our main passage is about a man named Philip who goes and preaches in a place called Samaria. Let me give you a little bit of background on this place. Um, it's, it's where a class of people lived. It was a, it was a very low-class uh, place, um, a very sad place to live. When I think of this place, I think of a, um, I think of a ghetto, uh, some place where you don't want to be. And when Israel and Judah fell, uh, there were people who stayed, and they never left. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't held captive. They stayed there. And then those who came and took over this place intertwined with them. And so now you have a people many years later who have Jewish heritage, uh, but also the heritage now of idolatry. And, um, and so then you go 500 years down the road. And by the time of Jesus in the early church, there was a community of people who were despised. Still, Jews wanted nothing to do with them. Um, uh, to the point to where they would even pass through Samaria, they would they, if they had to go through there, they would they would they would go around, and uh, some scholars say it would take them an extra half hour to an hour just to walk around. They didn't even want to go through the city. A good Jew would would go around because he didn't want to be anywhere near uh, these people. He didn't want to deal with them, and it's this people right here. That Philip goes to preach to. Jesus said, when I'm gone, I want you to preach in Jerusalem, Judea, and where? Samaria. Amen. And you might be here this morning, you're like, Pastor, I've come from a bad background. I don't even feel comfortable coming to church. You're watching online, you say, I don't even know, I'm wasting my time. What am I doing? I, I, I come from a, a hurt place, um, a, a, a ghetto. Um, a place of drugs and alcohol and just a bad place. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus loves you just like he loves the Samaritans and just like he loves me and you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 6 says, And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. All it took was for someone Somebody to go out of their comfort zone for someone to go to a people who no one else wanted to be around to hear the gospel of Jesus. But our focus this morning is going to be verse 8 right here. Because the Bible says there was a great joy. Thank you. There was a great joy, joy in the city. The end result was joy. The gospel brings joy. They are connected together. There's a link between genuine Christianity and joy. 
They're connected together. I know it's not Christmas, but let me remind you in Luke 2.10 it said, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What I see here is when the gospel is presented, no matter where it's at, when it's preached, it's meant to bring joy. Jesus coming to a people like in Samaria, Jesus coming to a people like me and you, into a city, even in a stable, he brings joy. When someone says yes to Christ, when someone truly receives the Lord, and I've seen so many of these, when you can see when someone finally says, I give up, I'm going to give my, I got nothing else, I give my life to Jesus. When they do that, who here can testify the joy they see in the person, the change, the, the, the spirit, the change? There's joy. John 15, 11 says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. These aren't just words on a page. This is not something we hang up on the wall or something we just put on a calendar. Or, a, or just a postcard we sent. These are real words. Kay Chesterson said, Joy is like a gigantic secret of the Christian. Because a believer should have joy. So the question is, what is joy? This can confuse many people. Because when you say joy... Um, we think is being happy all the time. Uh, it's, it's someone who's constantly laughing or smiling, um, which is awesome, that's good, but um, if your life is all about just being happy, uh, you're setting yourself up to be miserable. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest, I'm just, let's be real. Um, Eric Hoffer said, and I quote, um, the search for happiness is one of the chief sources of unhappiness. And we live in a time where people spend billions of dollars on, uh, you know, amusement, vacations, and all in the search for joy. Um, even things that we watch on television today, things we read um, that is, that, that's meant to make us laugh is full of of perversion and debauchery, and if it's not perverted, it's not funny. So I'm not talking about a superficial feeling. I'm not talking about something. Hey, I'm 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 talking this. I'm talking about something here that has great meaning. Follow me, church. I want to give you the Bible definition first. It means right here to be cheerful, to be calm, or glad. What's being said is there's a person, a person who has joy, has a reason to feel, to feel glad, to feel calm about something. The good news. 
The Bible says joy to the world. It's not saying I have a feeling. Um, there's, I just feel there's a reason why I have this in my life. And if you take the original Greek word and look at that, that's what that means. And then I went to dictionary.com. And it says right here, the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exponentially good or satisfying, keen pleasure. You see the contrast? There's a difference between the joy that the world portrays and the joy that Christ can give us because of the security he gives. There's something about a person who is right with God. There's something about somebody who knows they're in right standing with God that brings joy. Why? Because now I I know my issues are going to be resolved. Nothing and everything's not perfect, but that's okay because I have Jesus. One, he's forgiven me of my sins. And he's going to tie up all the loose ends. All the things that are, that are in my life that just are not working out right now. They're going to, he's going to work them out somehow. First Peter 1a, and remember before I read this, before we put that up, don't put it up yet, please. Remember, Peter walked with Jesus. He was there the day Jesus died. Peter even uh, denied Christ. He was there the day Jesus ascended to heaven. He was there when Jesus rose. He saw the miracles. And then you fast forward 40 years. Peter now is an old man. He's older. And now there are thousands of Christians, and he's writing this letter to them. And he's so amazed because these people have never seen Jesus. They have never seen him. They have never touched him. But yet, he's so amazed because they're excited of what other people's testimonies are about him. He says, for Peter 1a right here, he says, whom having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with Thank you, brother. You rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. He's amazed at these people because they have never, they have never physically touched Christ. And so many of us are like, I have to, I have to touch, I have to see it. If if I don't see it, I can't believe it. I I, I, I need to be able to see the hands. And, the, and he, says, he says, you have not seen, and yet you are full of joy. You haven't seen, but yet there is something inside of you that's excited because what? They found God. They're full of joy. This should be the testimony of every Christian. That if you're living for Jesus, and if Jesus is in your heart, 
you should be full of joy. No matter what is going on, yes, there are things going on. Yes, we got a war going on in the world. Yes, there's stuff happening in our life. But through it, through it all, and at the core of our life and in our heart, there is joy. I want to talk about the stolen joy. What happened to joy? And I'm not talking about joy potluck, by the way. That's next month. Here we have Philip. He shows up. Joy is brought to them. Christ is brought to them. And I ask myself, what was taken from them? Because it's possible to have something and have it taken from you and not even realize it, that it has been stolen. And when you talk about joy, I'm going to be honest with you. For most people, they don't even look at it as something being stolen because we look at it as it's an emotion. Well, I don't have joy because COVID and I'm depressed and I have, there's all these things going on in my life. And, uh, but it could be taken from you and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it's been stolen. I remember when Ricky and I uh, first got our place, we had two vehicles, and um, we go to bed, and we wake up in the morning, and both our cars are gone. And the police are like, do you know when it was taken? And I'm like, anywhere between 10 and 6 a.m., I don't know. It was just gone. We woke up, and our cars were gone. And that's a lot of people's story when it comes to joy. It was taken. They're not sure exactly when it happened. But through, the, through life and through the years, their joy is gone. It's been stolen. When Philip shows up, this representative of the kingdom of God, he brings joy with him. His presence... His ministry, his message brings joy. But then there's a second man in the Bible. The Bible tells us about his name is Simon. Simon is a sorcerer. He's a warlock. Um, he's a curandero. Right? And just like Philip the preacher represents the kingdom of God, show me Show me a witch and I'll show you someone who represents the kingdom of darkness. And these two opposing forces, one brings joy and the other one steals it. Are you following me, church? One brings joy and the other one steals it. So, you have this man who has been there. He's astonished them. He's enchanted them. That means to be witched. And as long as this man was there, he bewitched them. Acts 8, 9, 9 says right here, but there was a certain man called Simon 
who was previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. He used his sorcery. He used, it was, it was a culture and a community of misery, darkness, and depression. And it wasn't until the gospel came where these people were lifted out of the darkness and into joy. I mean, you know, the devil's a thief. The devil's a thief. He, the Bible says he, 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 he came to kill, destroy, to steal this morning. And if you don't have joy this morning, something stole it. And I want to talk about, I actually had a bunch of, I mean, God was just kind of, but we don't have all day. Just I got three things that I believe the devil uses to steal our joy. Number one, condemnation. Somebody say condemnation. Condemnation. Okay, condemnation. We cannot have condemnation and joy at the same time. They don't mix. Satan will condemn you. Remember, he is both the tempter and the accuser. He will show up with one hat, glamorizing sin, right? You're at home alone watching the television. He's glamorizing sin, whatever, whatever tempts you, whatever gets you ticking, whatever. He'll show up with that hat, and then the moment you sin, or the moment you even think about it, then he shows up with another hat, puts on the self-righteousness suit, and says, how dare you? What kind of Christian are you? He's the tempter and the accuser. And then you live in condemnation and then there's no joy. Philip came to a cursed people. They were beat down by sin, condemnation, and shame. But the gospel of Jesus Christ preached to them, lifted them out of their condemnation. Condemnation will torment you. Romans 4, 7 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins put out of sight. The joy of being forgiven. The joy of being right with God. By coming to a cross and knowing that my sins are forgiven. These people are full of joy because their shame and guilt is no longer there. I mean, you know, we could even try to do good works. We could even try to do things to reconcile, but the only true reconciliation is through the Christ of cross this morning where he died and he paid the price for our sin. Number two, moving quickly, circumstances. Circumstances. Somebody say circumstances. Real joy has nothing to do with our circumstance. I'm going to say that again. Real joy 
has nothing to do with our circumstance. Joy isn't everything working out for me. I got to say that again. Joy isn't everything working out for you and I. Everything's working out, so man, I'm full of man. Everything is good. I got joy. Isaiah 12, 3. Therefore, with joy, I will draw water from the wells of salvation. You know what that means? It's, it, it's internal. It's not external. No matter what happens, I can step back and thank God that I'm saved. And I will remember, I will draw my joy from the wells of salvation. There's a sense of security, a sense of calmness. And the enemy steals our joy when he can get us looking, when he can get us looking from eternity and our soul. Because how many know we're, we're just pilgrims passing through? This is not our home. And when he, when he can get us to focus on the now, like Pastor Todd would say, the lower story, he has an upper story and we're no longer looking at that. Our focus is on the now, but when we're focused on eternity and on the cross and what Christ Jesus did and what he's going to do, all of a sudden now he can't steal our joy. I'm calm. God's in control. God's in control because he sits above the earth. Our God rules over the government. He rules over principalities, powers, and spirits of wickedness. Amen. He's far above it all, and the government still rests on his shoulders. And when we embrace that, and we live it, and we believe it, I'm a living testimony. Not because I'm smiling every day, but I'm a living testimony of what God can do in the middle of hell, you can have joy in your life. Amen. You want to be anxious? You know, I don't understand how people who, who don't believe in God, which that's a whole nother, but who don't want to surrender their life to God, I don't know how they do it. Their hope is in CNN and Fox News. If everything's going good that day, if the stock market's going okay, that's their, that's their hope. How desperate people must be. You want to be anxious? Put your trust in men and hope that they do okay. But what do you do when they don't? Let's look at what the Apostle Paul has to say as we Closing. Receive communion. Philippians 4 4 says, it's the Apostle Paul here. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. This is a letter to people of uh, the people of Philippi. And do not forget, he wrote this letter when he was on death row. Right? Here Paul is in a cell writing to people who are not on death row and he's saying, 
rejoice. I was watching a video where they said Paul might have been, I doubt it, but where they were, the Colosseum was, was, was just about a mile away, and, and there's, there's pictures and video of where they would put these prisoners it's in this big hole, and there's dirt all around and dirt on top, and they got this little hole to put the food in, and they said they would, they would some of these prisoners, they, they would be in the middle of, of, uh, of vermin, and, 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 and there was no toilet, no light, and the only light that was coming through was from the little hole, and here they permit Paul, they allow him to write these letters, and Paul is in the middle of this, and he's writing, rejoice. He, he's getting ready to die. And he's writing, rejoice. And some could say, well, he was just happy he was going to go to heaven. But you go a little you go back a little bit. He was also in chains, and what was he doing? He was worshiping God with Silas. <laughs> it was it was in his care. It was it was in him. It's I mean, we all have a free will. He could have chose to be in the chains and depressed, but he instead he's worshiping God and he's writing to these people. He says, "Rejoice." You know why Paul can say this? Because his joy was not tied to his circumstance. So many people's joy is tied to whatever, if everything's going, if the, if the news, if, everything, if everything's going good today, I'm, I'm okay. I'm feeling good. Number three, moving, moving, uh, moving quickly. Number three, conflict. Know that conflict right here is the absence of peace. And when we are in conflict, there will be no security. And there are people who are always depressed, vexed, upset because they're always fighting with someone. And it takes their joy. You know, I think about the, the night Jesus was born. The Bible says that Jesus was born in a manger. The angel says, joy to the world. Because Christ came. And five miles away, there's a king named Herod. Who people didn't even like anyways. He wasn't, he wasn't a Jew. He was an Edomite and... There was a lot of issues there. His sons hated him. There was a lot of issues. But here's a man who had everything the world could want. He's the richest man in the kingdom. He had political power. He had it all. And yet, there is no joy. There is no peace in this man's life. Matter of fact, five miles away, there's a little baby being born. And the angel saying, joy to the world. And this man who has no joy is actually trying to kill the very joy that's coming into the world. I'm going to tell you this morning, Satan wants to kill your joy. Satan wants to kill your joy. There is joy and strength. Strength comes this morning when you and I have joy. Nehemiah 8 says, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
This morning, I believe religion has spiritualized mourning. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like there's something spiritual about a suffering servant. Let me help us this morning. That's the spirit of oppression. This is what we find in Samaria. People glorying in their misery saying, like my depression is some sort of spiritual cross that I need to bear. It's making me holy. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says joy is in the strength, our salvation, our joy is in the Lord. And there's something about a Christian that people can look at. Why is that person so joyful? I don't understand how somebody like that, that's my sister, I know who she is. How can you be so happy? After everything you have done in life, you know why I can be happy? Because I've been forgiven. I'm forgiven. Yes, I did all those things, but... God has forgiven me, and I know, and I believe. Amen? Amen. Why are you so joyful? I couldn't handle everything you're going through right now. You know why? Because I'm not drinking from the well of this world. I'm drinking from the well of the salvation he gives me. I don't understand that you, all this conflict in your life, everything, hey, no, no, I've moved past, I've forgiven I, have this, I can have this joy. Yeah, there's a lot of people hating on me, but I have this joy, so I've been forgiven. The conflicts of my life are over. There is strength and joy. I don't know why, church, I feel led. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue this next week. Be in prayer with me. But who this morning, if you're honest with yourself and God, has the devil been trying to steal your joy? Our joy does not come from this world. Let your joy this morning come from God and draw from the well of salvation this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to receive communion this morning. And I'd like to read this scripture again as we do that. And I know we got people in the foyer. There's a lot going on right now. But I, I want you to take this time, church, and we're gonna, we're not, I don't want to rush this moment. For, for so many, we, we take the, yeah, we've done this a million times, okay? Yeah. No, no. Remember the night Jesus was there with his disciples. That's what he used. He could have used anything else. I mean, I don't, but he uses bread and wine to not only remember this morning. But as we receive the communion this morning, I pray that if the devil has stolen your joy, you say, God, I know I'm saved. Or maybe this morning you're not right with God. Lord, there's conflicts in my life I haven't forgiven. Whatever the issue is this morning, take this time And know that just like Jesus was there with the disciples as he was using the elements, he's here with you this morning right now. He's sitting next to you right now. And I believe right now in this moment, 
Not only can you get you not, and, and again, understand that's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's not you're going to walk out of here being all happy. Hey, man, oh my gosh, I got this boot. Like, no, no, no. You're going to walk up out of here and the devil's going to try to rob your joy again. It's a, it's a, it's a, decisions we have, it's a decision we have to make and say, devil, you're not going to steal my joy. And I don't pull my joy from this world. I pull it from the well of salvation. Give me my joy. God, I want my joy back this morning. And as we do that, I want my brother, uh, Matt and, and Miss Amanda, if you guys can come up, we're going to pray this morning. If you don't have a communion, if you don't have a cup, can you please raise your hand? If you don't have a cup, okay, we'll get a cup. Can we get one for Matt and Amanda? Do you have one? Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else who doesn't have one, please raise your hand. Amen. Don't we appreciate this couple? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. sister appreciate that this morning the enemy is not going to steal my joy the devil is not going to take my joy this morning amen amen i want to read the scripture here it says in verse 7 acts 8 4 right here for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and the lame were healed. Father, you uh, you made it clear that man does not live by bread alone, but from the words of your mouth. But you are the bread of life. We thank you for this bread that represents your broken body. Yes, God. That your sorrow can be turned into our joy of salvation. Receive the bread, the body. Verse 8 says, And there was a great joy in the city. Amen. Lord, we take this cup, knowing that yours was filled with with the righteous judgment, Lord. We thank you for the atonement. We thank you, Lord, that you did not just leave us with ideology or philosophy or an idea of what salvation is, God, but that you were the flesh and blood, God with us, person who came to save us, Lord. We just thank you so much for your salvation as we receive this cup. Lord, we just pray that we would be worthy of it. Amen. Amen. Receive the cup this morning. I want you to like to take a minute right now and just reflect on what God has done in your life. 
and some of the things we need to surrender this morning to him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us and giving us the opportunity to be able to receive your body, your blood, as it was broken, as it was shed for the sins of the world. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to remember what you did on the cross that we may never forget. And I pray this morning and this week that you would bestow a blessing of joy over our congregation, over your people. As we leave this place, Lord, that the enemy and the, the things of this world try to rob, Lord, I pray this morning that each and every person here would have your spirit, your joy, the joy that you give and bring. And I pray that they would protect that and not allow that to be stolen. We pray this. We thank you for your word, for your salvation, for your joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be dismissed, church. Have a blessed Sunday. Thank you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.